This episode of With Love and Justice for All is brought to you by Bliss Books and Wine. Bliss Books and Wine is an independent black-owned bookstore for wine enthusiasts and book lovers. Listed as one of the black-owned bookstores in America that amplify the best in literature by OprahDaily.com, Bliss Books and Wine is your go-to for all your favorite titles, including ebooks and audiobooks. And when we buy from black-owned businesses, we are helping to create a world of racial equity. When ordering online, use the code 846BOOK for a 10% discount. That's 846-B-O-O-K for a 10% discount at blissbooksandwine.com. In order to advance racial equity, there is work for white people and people of color to do together and separately. The Project Sanctus Affinity Groups provide safe spaces for people to work within their own racial and ethnic groups. Join us every first and third Wednesday of the month at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Zoom for brave, vulnerable conversations and for building culture through engaging embodied practices. For more details and registration, visit projectsanctus.com. Exploring the healing and culture-building practices of embodied anti-racism. This is With Love and Justice for All with Reverend Ogan Holder and Reverend Kelly Isola. Hello, hello, we are back. This is Reverend Ogan Holder with my partner in crime and consciousness, Reverend Kelly. And this is season two of With Love and Justice for All, episode 41, if you're going in numerical order. And we are here, as usual, having conversations around embodied anti-racism, dismantling oppression, fostering liberation. And we will also be discussing the special challenges that arise um, for spiritual seekers and spiritual communities. So uh, we took a few weeks off from the podcast, but we didn't really take a few weeks off from work entirely. So we have to discuss. <laughs> we're going to have to discuss how we take time off. <laughs> Yes, how we labor in our time off. How we labor in our time off. Uh, so today's show, we are going to actually catch you up a little bit about what we did uh, during our, our pseudo time off. And um, and we are recording this a couple of days after, after Labor Day. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that too as well. Uh, we are streaming live on Facebook as we record this. So if you ever want to watch us, um, generally... Tuesdays and Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern. Um, we didn't do it yesterday because of some technical difficulties, which I'll tell you about um, that were beyond our control. Um, and so it's going to be Wednesday. And you know what? Next week is going to be Wednesday, too, because I'm going to be traveling. Tell you about that, too. <laughs> it ain't nothing like like advertising times and then rescheduling them right away. That's how we roll. But if you want to um, watch us record this live, yes, Facebook's generally Tuesdays 3 and Fridays 3 p.m. Eastern. And you can also watch it there anytime. Listen to us on your favorite podcast platform. You can leave messages on Facebook or Instagram. Our handle is our holy on. And uh, we have a phone number if you ever want to call and leave a message or anything. 
uh, tell us something you want to talk about, questions for clarification. Uh, if you want to call and tell us how much you don't like us, we'll take that too. Uh, that number is 413-438-4659 or 413-GET-HOLY. Uh, before we jump into the recap, a uh, few announcements um, off the top. Um, if you are listening to this on uh, before Wednesday, the 8th, yeah, Wednesday's the 8th, no, I think today, so. Today's the 7th. Today's the 7th, and today's Tuesday. Yeah, It's going to make sense why I have no idea what time of day things are. No, anymore. today is Wednesday, September 7th. Today's Wednesday, September 7th. Okay, so... I don't know if I'm going to get this up before we have affinity group tonight. So in the case I get this up before we have affinity group tonight, we're doing an affinity group tonight as we are our snap crack pop level of organization as always. Um, But affinity groups first and third Wednesday of the month. Um, But I will get this up. I guarantee before September the 22nd, which is when we will be having our nonfiction book club discussion on the vanishing half what did i say Nonfiction. my bad fiction by brit bennett listen there's a lot of rust to knock off it's been a month okay knocking off the rust uh so the vanishing half by brit bennett snap crackle pop snap crackle pop uh listen this is this is a great novel there 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 are few novels that when i finish it i am i am genuinely sad that the story is over um like well that's what it was like with the last one what the fireflies knew we all were like but what this was just a summer story even yeah. though it's a lifetime but yeah yeah, yeah. sorry this, uh, no 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 the fine this one this one this one hit me this one hit me that way i think it even hit me harder than uh what the fireflies knew but great story um about about, about twins who are, are very light-skinned and one's passing is white one's not it's about colorism it's about racism it's about family it's 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 everything so uh you can still uh sign up and join us on this discussion plenty of time to read the novel be sure to buy your copy from uh bliss books and wine uh, dot com. Um, that's our black bookstore owned or black owned bookstore partner and use the code 846 book to get a 10% discount. And also our nonfiction group is uh, going to be starting up again and we will be doing do the work, um, an anti-racist work activity workbook by W. Kamau Bell and Kate Schultz. Um, w. Kamau Bell is um, comedian, and um, so this this has actually got some fun uh, and funny. Hashtag funny, not funny, because it's dealing with anti-racism yeah. um, activities. So this is really a you know people always get into the all right. This is you know what you're saying is all well and good, and we know the effects of racism and white supremacy all that. But what do we do? How do we actually do the dismantling of it? So this activity workbook is. Uh, chock full of actual exercises and real life things that you do to do the work of dismantling systemic racism. So uh, join us for that because this work is also always better done with company. It's a lot of weight to carry on your own. Um, yeah. and that, none of us should. So so if you'd like some uh, friends to to do the work with, come join us and you can sign up for all of these things at uh, projectsanctus.com. Um, and if and, you check out the Facebook feed, like if you're listening to this, you can go to the Facebook and I've put links in there. There you go. 
Um, and last but not least, Reverend Kelly and I will be presenting at the Unity Eastern Region Conference. Um, what are we doing again? Creating a framework for anti-racism. I think that's the name of the workshop. Yes. Uh, well, the theme is uh, learning from our past, loving our present, you know, and and building, you know, the future. So we're we're looking at, um, you know, conscious and embodied conscious anti-racism, you know, in that context. There you go. Uh, so you can get more information, sign up for that at unityeasternregion.org. Uh, the conference is October 3rd through 6th. And I think those are all the uh, the announcements on the top. Um, so, yes. Do I, what's that? That's a lot of announcements. That's a lot. Well, you know, we've been we've been off for a little bit. Um, planning things, getting things going. Um, doing everything except actually preparing for this episode, which is why we are just... Just bumbling all over his house right now. <laughs> Priorities. Uh, but also, but also, uh, we've we've had ourselves quite a little bit of adventures over the last month. So um, we spent a little time catching you all up because uh, the last couple episodes that we did at the podcast, we talked about we talked about the pleasure principle. We talked about um, um, prioritizing pleasure and joy in our lives as a form of resistance to to the systemic. Uh, racist ideas of capitalism and overwork and toil. Uh, so it wasn't so much about just not doing work. It's about what are we prioritize, prioritizing? Because, you know, we, we've, we've, right. we've been brought up and indoctrinated in a system that says we have to prioritize work. So, um, so we'll talk a little bit about that, but um Let's 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 catch ourselves up. Oh yeah, listen to the last two episodes. I think it was episode thirty-eight and thirty-nine, or thirty-seven and thirty-eight, that we talked about this um, in more detail. But so for the past month, while we were not doing the podcast and also generally not doing a lot of the other things we usually do, we were we were having ourselves <laughs> adventures. Yes, and yours had much more pleasure involved than mine. I will say. Arguably, in hindsight, yes. In, uh, initially, initially, they both looked good on paper. Uh, right. Do you do you want to start? You want me to jump in? Sure. No, I'll start. Go ahead. Because uh, I, I was it. It actually. So I I had a vacation planned to um to go swimming with wild dolphins, which I do have done regularly over the last twenty five years. Um, multiple times to Bimini, which is in the Bahamas, to Hawaii off the Big Island, and which is now illegal. You can't do that anymore in Hawaii. Really? Um, what, yeah. what happened? Uh, they just, they, environmental reasons, you know, oh, okay. um, protection. Um, I'm not sure that any one particular thing happened. Right. It was this, the function of um, preservation and environmental sensibilities. Okay. I get down with that. Yeah. Um, but I went to, so I went to Bimini, which is, Bimini is part of the Bahamas and the Bahamas is made up of hundreds of islands. The island I was on was 300 yards wide by three miles long. Yeah, it was um, like postage stamp size. Seriously? Anyway, the way, yeah, the way that you get there and Bimini is also made up of multiple islands, but they're all kind of small. Um, some of them require landing in the water to get onto the island. <laughs> this wasn't one of those. Uh, but I've done that before, and that's fun. But I to get there, you you and I you and I think of fun very differently. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Landing a plane on water sounds. I know it. I know it's 
done. You've survived it. So yeah. it was but, a little, you know, a yeah. little like, ah, at first. But boats when for water, time, boats for water, plane for air. That's, I mean, I'm, I'm old school that way. Yeah. Okay. But it's really cool. Especially when the wind, when the water splashes up on your windows and you have this giant cognitive dissonance, like, okay, there's not supposed to be water on the windows. You know, I'm in a plane, right? That that's logic, what you're saying. Anyway, it, you have to take a little, very little plane from Fort Lauderdale, a little Fort Lauderdale airport to Bimini in order to get there. And uh it's you know, seat six people. And I took a picture of the the control panel, you know, in front of the pilot, which is, you know also postage stamp size and probably about 60 years old. Anyway, I sent the picture to my sister, who's a re retired Air Force colonel, who was, you know, a fighter jet instructor pilot. And she's like, oh, yeah, that's about as old as it gets. And I'm like, oh, great. I'm not feeling better about this plane. I was, I was confused. What was postage size stamp, the cockpit or the pilot? You weren't clear. Both. 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 And, you know, the, you know, because <laughs> the picture has the pilot and the passenger sitting next to him and they're uh, shoulder to shoulder. Oh. And I, my knees are right at the back of the passenger in the front seat. I mean, it's, you know, little. But anyway, to get into the plane, you have to climb up in it. Mm. Um, uh, um, and in doing that, because my legs are short you know, it just, there was, it was just a little too high. Couldn't get enough leverage with the right leg and pulling yourself. And um, went to use my left leg and twisted it really badly. Heard a loud pop and thought, oh, this can't be good. Mm. Um, but I just poured myself into the plane and I said, I, I'm fucking going. Like, I got to get out of here. I can't, I, I, you know, I was so desperate to get away. Right. To just really unplug and disconnect that I'm like, go, go, just go. I'm fine. You know, I wasn't, but you know, anyway, so I spent, uh, you know, eight days, um, not really able to walk. I could get on the boat cause we were out on a boat every day for hours and hours. And when we would find the dolphins, we'd get in the water and swim with them. And the, the hardest part was getting back onto the boat out of the water because I only have my left leg wasn't working at all. Everybody, you know, teased me all week long, like Nemo with his gimpy fin. So I had my own gimpy fin, which was my left leg. But I, I um, what I discovered in terms of because it was amazing in terms of connecting it to pleasure was that there was a hand, a few women. I didn't know anybody. And there was just like 15 of us. And I it, it, they just all offered just did absolutely everything for me. And didn't even, you know, do you want this? Do you want that? What can I get you for breakfast? And and I'm not kidding, like did everything for me. They helped me. They would stand next to me and walking. When I get on the boat, I get myself situated with the leg up. They were always checking on me if we were on land. It didn't matter what it was. And what I really got a, you know, an, an even deeper um, understanding and connection and embracing to was, was actually making the receiving the help pleasurable, uh, which was, that was a new thing. Um, I've reached a place in my life where I can gratefully receive and thank you. And, um, but to actually take it to the next level of, you know, someone's offering to get my breakfast and they bring it to me. And I'm, I'm like, I love this. Somebody's waiting on me, not in an arrogant princessy, but, but cause just cause, cause we're humans. That's what was so 
amazing about it was the reminder of humanity, like really what that means. Um, That's pretty amazing that you had that you were able to get that get that support there. Yes. And within a few days, because there wasn't a doctor on the island, there wasn't an x-ray machine. I knew whatever somebody was going to do was what exactly what I was doing. Keep the leg up, put ice on it. And I just I, I needed to be away and unplugged. And they and these women just did absolutely everything and no questions. And like, well, duh, of course we would do this. And I'm like, nice. okay, you don't know the world I come from. It doesn't I don't come from a world of or oh, of course we would do this. So anyway, I, I eventually did make it home and um, it turns out. Wait, I, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're skipping parts. Did you actually get to swim with the dolphin? Oh, yes. Well, lots. you don't skip the most important part. I, well, yes. And lots of snorkeling, sea turtles, stingrays, okay. uh, a couple of other little creatures I hadn't, you know, hadn't seen before. Because if you can swim down, if it's not too deep, mm-hmm. you know, you can swim down and turn rocks over and see what's underneath them. If you like to do that sort of thing. Um, some people would rather watch from a distance. Yes. Um, right. Um, but yes, absolutely. In the water with them and they just come by you and um, you, you know, you don't touch, you don't feed, you're just right. with your hands behind your back or, or, but anyway, you know, streamlined. So there's no things sticking out um, and they just come to you and um you know, I, I tend to hum underwater, which, you know, is just noise for them to attract them. Okay. You know, I'll, I'll hum a song or something. Oh. And yeah. Um, and it's just, what, you know, what, what were you humming? The devil's well, in the details. Come on. <laughs> so two songs that I hum, one Please, is amazing grace. I say, don't, don't tell me you were humming under the sea. Cause I would, no. I, okay. No. I'd, I'd lose no, all I, respect for you. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I was not humming that one. Um, <laughs> So I did a couple of times hum Amazing Grace, mm-hmm. but the other song that I've hummed and I've done this multiple times, and this is, I don't know why, is Camp Town Races. It I know. Did not see that one coming. No, I know. Nobody does. But someone suggested it to me like, I don't know, 20 years ago. And I'm like, um, and I did the same thing. I made the same face and I laughed and I'm like, sure, whatever you say, honey. But then I tried it and it actually, what the, whatever it is, so I've done that song a couple times. Um, yeah, sometimes does one, just does like, one song work better than the other to to attract. Uh, I have found see. Camp Town Races works better. Um, I have found uh, the um, the fat. If I do a song that's a little faster, mm-hmm. there's two types of dolphins. There was the Atlantic spotted dolphins and then bottlenose. Okay, and the bottlenose are much bigger. They're they they're a little less playful. They're a little more aggressive, not like aggressive and they're going to hurt you, but they they're always trying to mate with the spotted dolphins and they, they're just kind of bullies about it. But songs that are faster, um, the bottlenose tend to respond to those. So no amazing grace for bottlenose. OK, good to know. Yeah. yeah. The, um, the, the on the anti-religious side of things. That's correct. Yeah. Respect, respect. But what the other thing that was that that the, that I didn't see coming. So really turning the allowing someone to take care of me and get everything for me, not just really being grateful or thankful, but finding the pleasure in it. Mm. Like, this is cool. Like, yeah. you know, having somebody wait on me. And again, not in an, any kind of arrogant way, but just because. Yeah. 
just because, because I can, because someone else can. And then the other piece that I didn't expect was there were times when, because sometimes you get in the water and it's only for a few minutes and then you get out. And there was only so many times I, I can't go, I couldn't go that fast with my gimpy fin. Um, so if I was going to get in the water, I would need to be in for a little while to kind of make it worth all the work to get out. Um, but, um, but so there were a couple of times where I just stayed on the boat and watched everybody else. Mm-hmm. And I realized that, you know, like there's a tendency to think, wait, I'm missing out on something because um, I'm not in the water. And yet not really, because I was looking at the experience from a different vantage point. I was watching everybody else really have um, just be all, you know, giddy and, and, oh my God, there's dolphins, especially people that had never done it before. Right. But to watch and get pleasure in someone else's pleasure, that was, didn't see that coming. And that was very, I was really grateful for that. It helped lessen my thinking I'm missing out on something. Very cool. Yeah. And um, so I did get home and, um, you know, series of doctor appointments and everything. And I, um, I really, really did a serious number on my knee. I mm. tore the ACL. I not only did I tear the, the medial meniscus, but like tore it, shredded it, mangled it, crumpled it, twisted it you know you 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 pleasured hard Uh, yeah you pleasured so hard i knew when i heard the pop i'm like yeah this. (laughs) and i and i can imagine the fact that it happened like on your way there like if it was on the way back it'd be like you know hey at least i had the thing but i can't imagine so i was kind of so there was i don't want to say forced but the you know the opening you know what bio kamalafe calls these cracks Mm -hmm. right that that are you don't know and there's uncertainty and discomfort and so I'm going to go into the crack and what what life is in there right and so right. that's what I did um I don't know you know from a medical perspective if I should have come home immediately but I paid good money and I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna go dance in the cracks I need a I need a get away you there know. you go I didn't put anything on social media I had people couple of texts to people, you know, it, I really, I really, it was really fun to do that when I was just, we were just out on the open ocean. I turned on my cellular data and maybe sent a, you know, took a little picture. Here's the view from where I'm at, you know. Well, you didn't post on social media, so I don't believe it happened. Sorry. Right. I know. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, true. Um, but I, I, on purpose, I didn't. And then people afterwards are like, well, you didn't post anything. And I'm like, that's correct. I didn't. That is correct. Yes. I, that's resist, right? There you go. So I had surgery last Friday um, and it'll be the first of two. So I'm today, yesterday and today were just tough days, uh, physically, mentally, emotionally. The other thing that happened was last week I got fired from mm. teaching at UWSI seminary and um, didn't see that coming. And um so yeah. you've 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 had a you've you you had a month and you had a week yeah yeah and i'm i'm trying to um it's it's just the the way that the firing went about was really manipulative and dishonest like they've been gathering data gathering information mm. for a while to for reasons um people yeah and it's one of you know it's one of the things that and I want to actually tie it into when we talk about Labor Day and labor because there's there's an element to it that 
that really got me into, so what pieces here are really white body cultural norms being played out? Okay. You know, so, yeah. And, All right, um, let's put a, we're going to put a pin in that, come back to that yeah. then, for sure. So right now I'm not on pain meds, so. Oh, well, that's impressive. Well, Advil, but not, you know, um, so it might be easy to navigate me today. <laughs> I was, I was hoping we might get pain, pain, pain get you on oh. the good stuff and have have a little bit loopy Kelly. Oh, uh, no, I could pretend. <laughs> it's all it's all good. Um, cool. Well, I am I am glad in the midst of all that you had you had what sounds like some amazing time um, being nurtured and um, in nature and um, swimming swimming with your aquatic friends. Yeah. There we go. Um, so my my adventures, like all, not all, but like many great adventures, uh, mine started on Tinder. Yeah, that was that was the whole thing. I uh, um, at the end of July, I connected with um, a woman from Morocco who was visiting the U.S. and um, we we went on a date, hit it off. It was great. It was so great. It was supposed to be just a lunch date. I had a, I'm in DC. I had to drive up to Philadelphia to meet her. And what was supposed to be a lunch date turned out to be the whole weekend. I ain't bragging. I'm just sharing facts. And then I went back to visit her a couple more days during the week. And then all of a sudden, it was like um, she's she's here um, on a on a State Department funded trip that um, has been. This program has been going on for decades. They um, um, bring women leaders and entrepreneurs from "quote unquote" developing countries, um, and you know, um, meet different organizations and CEOs and government entities. Four weeks in four cities: DC, Philly, um, Dallas, and LA. Um, three of those things belong together. I'll let you figure out which one. <laughs> um, but um, we we connected right at the end of her DC week. Couldn't find the time to uh, meet in person. So I was like, yeah, Philly, just a short two-hour drive up 95. Uh, uh, three, really. I'll I'll go. I'll go. Sure, I'll drive up, have lunch. Why not? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm saying yes to prioritizing pleasurable experiences. So again, turned out to be a weekend date. We really connected, really hit it off. Um, and then she says, uh, when I'm in LA, I'll have a week sort of like vacation afterwards in which I'm going to meet some of my uh, Haitian relatives that I've never met before. Would you like to come to LA with me? So I thought about this. Okay, there's someone I've known for a week who wants me to fly across the country to help her meet relatives she's never met before. What could possibly go wrong with this scenario? So of course I said yes. And that turned out to be a great week as well. Um, the, you know, when you think of things and you imagine things, it's like this scenario is just, uh, fraught with possibilities that can go off the rails. Um, but I said, I said yes to those possibilities. I, I leaned into those possibilities um, and it was great. And while I was there, the nice thing I know, I was like, well, you know, Morocco's always been on my bucket list. 
uh, of places to go. So she's like, well, come, come visit me. So again, why not? Right. Cause I'm not, I'm not physically bound by the work I do. And I couldn't think of a good reason. Well, I did have a good reason. The good reason was money. <laughs> was, yeah. That was not a cheap plane ticket. Um, but considering that the biggest expense, you know, for all intents and purposes, really the only real expense I would have is the plane ticket for three weeks in this place. I was like, oh, I can't say no to this. And um, I found a window where that expensive plane ticket was not as expensive as it usually is. So, yeah, I flew to Morocco. I am still currently in Morocco right now uh, as we record this uh, podcast. And I I did post a lot of pictures uh, as well. Yeah, and you warned us. You said dump number one, dump number two. So. Exactly. Exactly. There were... There were there were there were lots of dumps. These weren't the Trump dumps. These were these were these were good dumps that uh you know what I you know what I just realized what I'm liking, like as you're talking about, is you you use the word risk and you know everything that I was doing, there is this there's a risk involved in pleasure. Oh, absolutely. And um, well, I don't know that we, you know. We, we, I think it bears repeating. Yes, yes, there is there is an there is an element of risk, especially when there's a lot of unknown, right? And yeah, and and, and for most of us, we we gravitate towards the known because it makes us feel safe. There's there's an inherent sense of of not knowing, which triggers the safety uh, things within us, right? Yeah. And it's important to distinguish between those um, so that we. Are, we give ourselves permission to say yes to potentially pleasurable, potentially pleasurable things, um, and and to and say yes. What does safety really mean? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, so um, I am just wrapping up the second of my three weeks in Morocco. I fly back home. Um, next week, it's it's been great. Spent most of the time in Casablanca, visited Marrakesh. Might head down to a uh, uh, Rabat uh, this this weekend. Um, cool. Still still been doing some work things uh, in between. Um, uh, my mother was the best. Uh, my mother said, uh, "Be careful of diseases." Um, she actually said that to me. <laughs> I'll said it before. I'll say it again. Parents are so hard to raise. <laughs> Uh, you know, and, and we had a conversation last night where she was very concerned about the, about, about the nature of, of the relationship that, that I'm having with this woman. She's like, are you moving to Morocco? I was like, no. She's like, is she moving to, I said, no, this is, this is not the nature of, of our relationship. No one's, no one's moving anywhere. <laughs> we're, we're just being fully present to each other's company in all yeah. the ways that we can be and enjoying each other's company and the pleasure of each other's company. And then I'm getting on a plane and I'm coming back. And yes, I'm still coming to Barbados for a few months uh, at the end of the year. So like not, nothing's changing. I'm not upended my life. Right. Um, as has been my usual pattern when I meet someone amazing. So we will, uh, we will see how it continues to unfold, but Morocco is um, in so many ways, a just as, uh, you imagine it will be and many ways not what you imagine it will 
it, it is. Um, it is. It is. It is. It's very beautiful. The people, in in many respects, are just amazing and full of life and vitality. Um, beautiful scenery, amazing sights. That's one side of it. Concurrent with that, we are living in a very patriarchal still uh, place where, like, very con conservativeness and and also modernity is like in this daily struggle in the streets every day. It's quite um, uh, fascinating. Uh, Triven here is like Mad Max on steroids. Yeah. It is unlike anything I've ever seen before. Yeah. But there's but there's a, there's a certain sense of beauty in the organized chaos of it. You know, they're, they're not bodies littered on the street. They're not accidents. No, they all know how to it do it. A, they all know how to do it. And it's it's weird poetry in motion, um, except for the one time you we were driving down the highway and uh cars are coming towards us and some guy coming towards us decided the car in front of him was going too slow and the only way he could overtake it was to come to our side of the road so all of a sudden he's an hour lane coming directly towards us and again i don't believe in god in the sky anymore but you bet your ass i was praying yeah and i did some serious religious regression in that in that moment yeah oh my god it was the whole thing um but other than that, uh, the food the food is great. Um, I I thought my intestinal fortitude was strong enough to to survive the water. It did not. I had one bad day of like, you know, whatever the parasite was. One one bad day of struggling with that. We won't get too graphic uh, how that played out. But um, other than that, you know, it's 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 been great and. And I honestly don't think I would have said yes to this if we hadn't have done those episodes. On oh, nice. Prioritizing pleasure. I Because my rational brain came up with all the reasons yeah. why this was not a good idea. And the right. main one, again, was um, I'm not working and working hard enough and earning enough to afford this. There was a sense right. of there was a sense of I didn't deserve this. Yeah. Because in my brain, I wasn't working enough and earning enough, right? Yeah. Um, so, 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 recalling that episode, and I posted about this too. What does it look like when we prioritize pleasure and joy? And that doesn't mean we don't stop working. It's it's about reevaluating again our relationship with work, and well, and work can be pleasurable. Work can be pleasurable. It can be pleasurable. And, yeah. and uh, you know, uh, that was actually one of the things they posted. Yes, we can say work is pleasurable. And it doesn't mean that we, but, but we have to, we also have to give ourselves pleasure not affiliated with our work. Absolutely. Yes. I, I just mean that if the work you do, like what you do for a living, when I use the word work, yes. generally mean what you do for a living to earn yes. income. Yes. Um, that allow, and this is one of the fundamental things about pleasure and pleasure activism is allowing pleasure to be the decision-making factor. So if what I'm doing for a living, my earning income does not have that pleasure, you know, principles, the joy, the aliveness, the, you know, the meaningfulness, then I need to, you know. Yes. Yes. And, and when we are in, in a work situations like that, then it actually makes the non-work pleasure even more pleasurable. 
right? Yeah. Because because then there isn't that dread of, oh my God, I got to get back to work. <laughs> yeah. Right. It becomes more like, oh, when I get, when this time is done, I get to continue doing something I enjoy doing and right. as, as, as well. Um, so, so yeah, so that's, that's, that's what I've been up to the last uh, few weeks as well. Um, so it sounds like we both, we both got into uh, some enjoyment. We both, we both suffered some, <laughs> some discomfort. I'll trade you. <laughs> I'll pass. <laughs> well, Hello. and there's more coming. Well, Hello. I have Hello. surgery coming, but I'm, um, you uh, know. No, you know, it's um, every day that I eat something I've never eaten before here. I go like, is this the day where it comes back? Hashtag. Yeah. Hashtag lamb's brain. Never had lamb's yeah. brain before, but I have now. Yeah. I've never had lamb's brain, but I've had other animal brains. Yes. Yeah. Still on the still on the menu is uh to to uh experiment uh, a camel. I heard camel meat's pretty good. And tastes like uh, chicken. And and pigeon. Tastes like chicken. Oh, I said chicken. <laughs> no, but pigeon. I gotta eat pigeon too. We went to a restaurant oh, one night yeah. and there was there was pigeon on the menu and I got excited and they're like, we don't, we don't have that here. And that's another thing about Moroccan restaurants. Usually they're missing at least five, six, seven vital items on the menu. Like, <laughs> and they don't tell you, right. You yeah. know, like, you know, you come to a restaurant in the U S they're like, you know, here's the menu and they've got things crossed out and they said, Oh, and we're out of this tonight. No, these guys don't tell you Jack squat. Like you sat there that whole time deliberating over what you're going to order, right. you know, and they're taking their cool time. Everything's yeah. just laid back. Yeah. And then you go, I will have the pigeon. Oh no, we're out of the pigeon. Yeah. <laughs> My, what have been good to know that going in. Um, but it didn't do much for me. Do what? It didn't do much for me. What pigeon? So, yeah. I'm not sure. It's like chicken. It's like chicken. Well, I guess, you know, I'll, well, I'll, it is. All fowl. Yeah. Pigeon, the, the, uh, what did somebody call them? The, the rats of the, uh, rats with wings. Rats with wings. <laughs> there you go. Hey, you know what? When the apocalypse happens, we will be glad that chickens, are, the pigeons, pigeons and rats are around. If I survive, I'll have to eat them. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, but, but so, so let's, let's segue into, into, uh, like I said, we we're back a couple of days after Labor Day, and um, and unfortunately, you know, for the most part, we 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 live in the country where Labor Day has really been uh, repurposed by capitalism as a day to save some money on sales. Um, it's supposed to be a day of not laboring in honor of all the strides the labor movement has made. Yeah, but um, not a whole lot of businesses closed down during Labor Day. Uh, no. unfortunately and people still work um, so there's a very intentionally destructive irony um sort of sort of to that um but um we 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 remembered um as we approached labor day the what we read from the book the sum of us by uh heather mcgee who by the way if you don't know has a great podcast now where she's actually yep. doing a lot of um following up or or finding real life stories of what she calls the uh solidarity dividend of uh, people working across all sorts of lines especially racial lines um to regain power and lift themselves up and do things that gain benefits which is what really the labor movement has 
been always about people coming together to allow themselves to gain more income, more rights, more benefits um, for them for themselves as capitalism seeks to squeeze more labor for less reward. Um, so, and over the well, decades, I, sorry, go ahead. Well, it, it, and I think to put it even more pointedly about capitalism is to, um, it really views, you know, humans, the bodies as something to be not just used, but used up. Yes, the, the bodies are a product. Yeah, and right. and is and it is and I don't um and I really I mean that in the worst way possible. Oh, absolutely. Like a like a product. How cheap can we get it? How yeah. much can we get out of it before it breaks? And then right. how easily can we replace it? Yeah. And and that's really how and that's I think that's one of the reasons that the whole, you know, humane thing is really alive for me is one, because of my experience with these people, these few women that were helping me, and also how inhumane my firing was mm -hmm. and how it, it was a really, I was a product. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so it's, it really, it, so Labor Day is about, you know, is about the worker and, um, you know, came out of a, a, a violent um, a strike, you know, and, and violence, but it's, it has been, as you said, taken over um, and become, I'm not even sure what it is anymore. Well, the, the good news is, the good news is, is that, um, you know, it, unions, unions are making a comeback, uh, yeah. as, as, especially, um, there's a, there's a great article up on the website, uh, Vox, um, I'll give the title of the article, how unions are winning again in four charts. And it's, it's really um, interesting to look at it. But right now, um, what's most important is that the share of Americans who approve unions is at an all-time high, highest level since 1965. Like 70, 71% wow. of Americans approve of unions. It's not been that high since 65 when the unions were really doing the work to, to get us all what we have now. It dropped below like 50% just, um, you know, like 20 years, 10, 15 years ago. Um, and, and one of the tools that employers used to help um, keep unions down was, was race. Um, yes. and racial racial disparities. Um, um, so uh, I'm going to read from, from Heather McGee's book. She says, there's been no greater tool against collective bargaining than an employer's ability to divide workers by gender, race, or origin, stoking suspicion and competition across groups. It's simple. If your boss can hire someone else for cheaper or threaten to, you have less leverage for bargaining. And in the 19th century, Employers' ability to pay Black workers a fraction of white wages made whites see free Black people as threats to their livelihood. So that's that's how the destruction started, right? That's that's when it was um, really hard to get people to come together for em employees to realize they had the power um, over their employers. 
Um, but eventually they would. And because of that work, especially um, in the in the um, 30s, 40s, and 50s, um, we get things like uh, the 40-hour work week, mm. right? It used to be, what, six, seven days a week, 40-hour work week, overtime pay, um, employer health insurance, retirement benefits, workers' comp. Um, all of these things came out of people finally crossing racial lines, banding together, banding together, um, and demanding these benefits from their employers. So that's what the labor movement did. And over the years, the employers have done their best to, again, separate. Yeah. I have to say, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really disappointed in Starbucks. So I'm, uh, you know, glad, glad you mentioned that because um, Starbucks has been, they've been sort of unionizing um, on a, on a tier. There've been over 200 Starbucks um, that have unionized but Starbucks have not been coming to the table, no. uh, you know, with 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 fair bargaining um, intentions. They've been firing people. They've been closed. They've just been closing stores or closing yeah. closing rather than rather than. Uh, they did that here, you know. Yeah, just a couple of weeks ago. And here's the thing: of those 200 stores that have unionized right now, only three of them are actually at the bargaining table with Starbucks. I know, right? It sounds- it's, it's it's insane. So yeah, unionizing is the first step, but then you got to go through the bargaining process to to get the right. So it is, yeah. Starbucks is not a it's not not coming through, but but other other success stories: Amazon, Apple, Chipotle, Trader Joe's, REI, like all over. These unions are um, um, coming coming together. Um, they're they're winning many of their elections. Um, and again, a, a, a approval is is behind them, um, and and people are also striking as well. And and COVID had a lot to do with this, right? Between so like um, in the first half of twenty twenty one, there's um, about twenty six thousand workers went on strike. Um, this this and this is starting all the way for the fight for the fifteen you know the fifteen dollar minimum wage around uh, food service workers. Um, first half of 2022, 78,000 um, went on strike. And, and uh, a lot of this is, again, when COVID happened and many people who had more of the high-end jobs could stay home, work from home, be safe, but more of the quote-unquote uh, lower-wage workers, um, the quote-unquote unskilled workers. I'm saying quote-unquote because they're not unskilled. Um, but but that's what they're being called. Contract workers, all these folks still had to go to work, still had their lives endangered. Um, as we know, this, again, disproportionately affects black and brown folk um, because those are the ones who tend to be in those jobs because that's the way the system is set up. So um, right. they 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 realize, oh, wait, no, we, we, we got some power here. We realize that 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 they need us more than we need them. So lots of strikes have been happening. Um, well, and we saw the teacher, the teacher strikes. Yes. Right? You know, in Ohio and I forget where else, but um, right from the beginning, you know. Yeah. And and I just learned today, um, Google cafeteria workers, 4,000 of them unionized yeah. during the pandemic. Like that was news to me, right? Because there wasn't a lot of, lot of buzz about that. Yeah. But, but a lot of this, again, sort of being... 
um, um, kept kept hushed a little bit because we don't want to we don't want to fan those flames and and have that spread. But but Google Google basically outsourced its um, um, its hiring of its cafeteria workers. And if you didn't know, when you are on a Google campus, you don't have to pay for the food, right? Google employees don't have to pay for the food on the campus. Um, but these workers are coming and they're working on the campus all the time. They don't get the benefits of the Google employees because they're technically being contracted out by another company. And they're like, but but we work for Google. Uh, why aren't we getting these benefits too? So they decided to, yeah, unionize, 4,000 of them. And it's 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 wonderful to see. I know a couple of people who work for uh, for union organizations and they are swamped right now. They're super busy. They're super excited uh, about what's what's going on. Um, so when we talk about ways of dismantling the system, right? If you work for places trying to unionize, which side are you on? Um, are you are you supporting your local unions? Are you encouraging people to to unionize? Are you asking questions like, you know, is this a unionized Starbucks or not? Um, and um, and uh, as as one friend of mine pointed out, you know, I I used to go, not used to, I'm still on my, uh, I'm I'm not going to give Amazon any more money because they mistreat their workers and stuff like that. And she, and what she said to me was, "You're not buying from from Amazon, not making a difference because they don't they don't even notice, right? right? What they will notice is employees collective bargaining. What's better for you is if you know people who work in an Amazon warehouse, encourage them to unionize." You know, and I have a great story where we were out one night and we met a we met a blues singer. I don't know if I told the story here before. We were uh, my friend and I. We were out uh, um, in D.C. and we went to see a blues singer. And in the middle of her set, she's singing, and in the middle of a song, like her phone goes off and she she picks up the phone. Right. And, and we don't know the phone's ring. She's got it on silent, whatever, but she's looking at her phone. And, and I'm thinking, like, is she looking up song lyrics? Like, what is happening right now? And, and the guitar solo is coming to an end. And she says, keep going. So the band's playing and, and just, and she's on her phone. And I was like, what is happening right now? It was work, wasn't it? It was because she, she, her, her side hustle, singing is a side hustle. Her main job is working in the Amazon warehouse. And they were wow. calling her in for, mandatory overtime which i didn't know was a thing but that's yeah. a thing mandatory overtime so she's going like so she actually says to the audience like okay this is what's happening now and if i go into work i'm gonna have to end this gig a little bit early should i go or should i call in sick and everybody's yelling call in sick call in sick and my friend who is a union organizer she's like no 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 go into work because even though you have sick days, I'm using air quotes, you have sick days, when you keep using those sick days and you don't show up for work, then they use that as an excuse to fire you because they know there's people lined up to take your job. So it's one of those ways that they force people out um, of, of, of those jobs. So 
it was fascinating. So like, you know, she went, she had on a break and my friend goes up and talks to her and talks about, you know, does your warehouse have a union and yada, yada, yada. And they start yeah. talking. So, you know, might be another union coming out of that, but it wasn't, it was insane to see it play out in real time, yep. you know, like, like this. And, and it's but on, like a smaller, a, on a smaller scale though, you know, maybe not in doing a live concert, but how many people pick up their phone? Cause they see it's the boss. It's the office yes. in the middle of doing something that's pleasurable. And it was at 1130 at night. I'm yes. like, wait, you said you got to go to work still. Right. right. So, so that brings us to the idea of changing the nature of our relationship with work and this phenomenon that we're reading about called quote unquote, quiet quitting which is yep. the, the whole idea of, yeah, we just put in the time that we were hired for. We just do the work that we were hired for and don't feel compelled to do more than that. Such a sickness to do more, to overfunction, to, you know, well, you know, if I don't respond and, you know, th- we operate in this punishment thing. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Um, and, and, and there's, there's the expectation for a lot of places that you do extra Right. And and your job is so. So I remember reading I think it was in the Times that I read. Yeah. Everyone's talking about quiet quitting. Let's talk about quiet firing, because yeah. there's a, that's that's a whole thing, too, where if you're just doing the bare minimum, your employees can find a reason to say, well, you're not a team player. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. Right. And and could easily use that as an excuse to let you go. And if you're in a place that's not unionized. Or if you place it doesn't have a lot of rights, then yeah, you, you don't have much recourse afterwards. So which is the South, you know, only six percent of workers in Georgia are unionized. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize until you know doing a little reading for the this show that how few unions, you know, it's so much weaker in the South, but it makes sense because it's the South. It's and, the South. And if you're going to use racial disparities yes. as a way to not form unions, yeah, South, South is a good proven ground. And over the decades, many companies have relocated to the South just for yeah. that reason. Yeah. You know, and it's 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 insidious. But um, but I'm I'm really happy to see that that that, that they're on the rise again, unions are on the rise again, workers are beginning to realize the power that they used to have and that they truly still have and are are implementing some some big changes and I'm, and I'm here for it um and and it's up to the employers to come to the table truly with with good intentions because here's here's the thing the the concern is always the bottom line well if you yeah. if your workers are happier it is going to benefit you <laughs> right happier workers and more productive workers because to your, as we we're saying earlier, now there's more intrinsic enjoyment of your job, or at least at least you know that your job is giving you more. So so there, it's 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 all connected. So um, so good 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 for that. Um, and sort of like you know, this is the other thing, and 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 I'm often guilty of it too. We 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 post a lot of memes and awareness things on the holidays, and then the rest of the year we don't do a whole lot. Yeah, um, you know, and employers have a um, and, and capitalism has a uh, is very patient. It will wait us out uh, until it's no longer in our in our you know frame of reference in our attention. So, but people are still working and still being taken advantage of 
along the way. So, so again, excuse me, um, find out, find out if you work for a place that um, doesn't give you good benefits, doesn't, doesn't yeah. do well, low wages, is it unionized? Can you, can you start a union? Where do you, where, you know, uh, do some research of finding that out and, uh, and support if there are unionizing efforts going on, su support that because it, it benefits you all. Don't believe any of the, any of the hype around um, unions, unions will, will cost you because you have to pay dues. Right. And, right. and stuff it's a, I, it, um, I'm not, you know, it's, it's one of these, it's an element of the system that is crumbling, that is breaking down. And yet finding, you know, it also is capitalism is finding ever more, you know, insidious ways to keep it propped up. And I think the, the quiet quitting, the great resignation, you know, there's a lot of things going on that are, that are helping to dismantle it. I just, it, it, I could imagine it, you know, being scary yeah. that what you just said you know like going into your where you work and you know oh absolutely just bringing absolutely. up having a union and and knowing the possibility of losing your job could be instantaneous you know yeah. it just um it, there's this vicious cycle you know that goes on and yet at some point we have to say no um, we have to say no and also uh learn you don't have to reinvent the wheel learn from those right. who have had success so find right. out you know which which um you know especially if you uh if you belong to a chain or someplace that has uh, right. other stores or locations have had success unionizing uh reach out reach out to them and see what's going on um so yep. probably not saying anything that you know folks probably don't already know but it's still bear saying out loud um that um this is this is this is how we this is how we shift, um, right. and also um, speaking of dismantling capitalism, I posted this a few days ago. There's a I'll, I'll repost it maybe in the um, what do you call it the comments um, for this on Facebook. There's a great um, article on this cooperative out of Spain that um, I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up right now. Yeah. Um, that has been functioning for decades and they've got like, I don't know, like 800,000 people because of all companies and so on that, that they've employed. And it's absolutely amazing. Oh, yeah. well, what is it's it? called uh, um, Mondragon. Yeah. Mondragon Corporation. It says corporate corporation, but it's really, it's a, it's a cooperative. A yeah. Um, yeah. And the world's largest co-op. The world's largest co-op. So, you know, every, everything is decided by the employees, everything, right. including who's in charge, <laughs> you know, and the pay disparity between the people at the top and the bottom is only like six to one, you right. know, versus, you know, corporate America, which can be, you know, I don't know, uh, insane, you know, and, and that, and that gap keeps um, um, widening. Um, uh, there's a, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, oh, where's that line? There's a, there's a line here about pay disparity. So, um, but anyways, um, it's, uh, it's from the newyorker.com. Look up, uh, Mondragon. I put the link, put the link in there. Okay. Thank you. Um, so it's, it's, it's just a fascinating example of another model 
besides capitalism that works for the benefit of all. Now, okay. one of the things the article is good, it's, it makes pains to point out is that like anything else, you know, it's relying on the people to have each other's interests at heart. And when you get people who don't have each other's interests at heart involved as everything does, yeah. then it starts to fall apart. But so far it's been working really, really yeah. well. Um, and so it's I'm enough- sure not without its, you know, hiccups and speed bumps, but. Oh yeah. But and they're, really and they write about those that, in the article too. Yeah. Yeah. Really on the, the Heather McGee principle of, um, you know, it's not a zero sum game. It's not a zero sum game. Exactly. Having that as a foundational in consciousness in everything that, that, you know, they do. Um, and yeah. and dynamic steering certainly exactly exactly um maybe maybe another show I'll do some more greater detail i didn't i didn't think to include that um in, in in today's preparation it just just occurred to me um but uh so so um and the last thing um i do want to share uh, before we go is i'm sure you all know about the uh just the devastating water situation in jackson mississippi uh please Please look for places that you can um, you can donate to, um, to 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 help them out. And again, realize that this is this is what happens when systemic racism um, is allowed to to flourish. Um, yeah, it's it's a clear cut case. And if you're not sure how, just look it up. Yeah. Uh, type in systemic racism, Jackson Water. And you will, you will, you will see that you will see that connection. And it's not looking like there's any end in sight. And one of the things I didn't, I didn't know. Well, actually, I, I did know this. Um, and it really just whole citywide because I have a friend who lives there. They've been under boiling water mandates for months before this happened. Yes. Yes. Months and months, possibly years for some folks, yes. uh, before this happened. This is only. Uh, this is this is the and worst. people people who are doing it even wasn't it wasn't a mandate because they knew because they knew exactly exactly they, they knew how they knew how bad the water was and, and the mayor of the city who's black has been really trying to get the state and the federal government to do something about this for quite some time now and this is yeah. this is what it this is what it took and there's some there's some like just heart gut wrenching uh photos on on um, social media people posting like just brown sludge coming out of their tabs you know yeah. and um and now it's like you know first it was like you know still safe for brushing your teeth but don't swallow or shower with your mouth closed <laughs> they're like no we don't no <laughs> like we're not doing any not doing any of that people developing rashes and skin conditions and now everyone's basically using bottled water to do everything bathe right. you know cook um, many cases, the boiling water is not is not doing it um, as it is. So, horoscope to the people in Jackson. Find some ways to donate um, there. And uh, um, I think I think we're gonna wrap up for today. Yeah, let's welcome back, welcome quote unquote home wherever you are. Yes. Um, <laughs> tell your tell your tell your friends about us. Um, I was going to say, um, maybe promise we better organize next time, but why, why make a promise like that? 
no, but we can think about it. We can we can think about it. Uh, well, Friday, Friday, take it under advisement. Friday is going to be our headline show. Um, yes. As we as we ended last season, we told you that you know our Friday show is going to be like reviewing some headlines for the week yeah. and see how they relate to what we're talking about. Uh, real life examples of things happening because often we get the we get the we get the pushback of like this is what you guys are talking about is how it used to be, and we're like no 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 this this is this is present day lived experience for millions of people uh so uh we'd like to draw some attention to that and some good things that are happening as well so that'll be our friday shows our friday's show and tuesdays we'll hit we'll hit uh the main topics and um have some guests coming our way as well so i think that is it for right now um as always get more information about what we do at projectsectus.com uh, support uh, blissbooksandwine.com. Use code 846book when you make your purchases. Um, if you want us to continue, not if, to help us continue doing this work, please feel free to make a donation. Also, projectsanctus.com and continue to get your holy on, decolonize yourself, and let's create this world of love, justice, and liberation for all. So until next time. 